Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome inside the NFL Trend Zone. I am your host, Dustin Baker. I'm here with Wes Johnson from the West Coast. Cody Spears from the South Coast and Jason Bolin on the Midwest Coast. Uh, we're talking about Super Bowl week. We're going to start off talking about Chiefs and Eagles. Chiefs are favored by a point and a half to win the Super Bowl. Was it 57? Uh, Derek Carr is visiting with the Saints. And what else we got? Sam Howell seems to be the guy in Washington. We'll chat about that. What else is on the agenda? There's there's some stuff. Uh, potentially flexing the super, or excuse me, Thursday night football. Something we'll <laughs> we'll get into. Don't really understand that. And then we uh, will wrap things up probably with Super Bowl predictions and go from there. That is the agenda tonight. Excuse me for NFL Trend Zone. Bet online remains your number one source for all of your sports betting this season. Everything from the NFL playoffs. To pro and college basketball, UFC, MMA, and more. You'll always find the latest odds, team matchup information, player news, and game trends at Bet Online. With live betting options, free contests, live scores for almost any sport or game imaginable, Bet Online is truly the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite leagues and events. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Make sure to use this promo code BLEAV, B-L-E-A-V, BLEAV, B-L-E-A-V, to receive those rewards. BetOnline.ag, where the game starts. It is Super Bowl week, and this is the Trend Zone. We promised uh, that we'd deliver some Super Bowl chatter, so we're going to do that to start the show. And then we'll talk about uh, Derek Carr's little trip to the Saints. <laughs> we'll talk about whatever this flexing Thursday night football stuff is. I need Wes to explain it to me because I don't understand it. And then we'll talk a smidgen of fantasy at the end. But Cody, off air, we talked about the NBA for about 20 minutes and you were left silent because evidently that is not your forte. So we're going to start with you about the Super Bowl. Uh, this is the basic question. What do you expect in Chiefs Eagles? For the Chiefs Eagles, uh, it should be a pretty good game. Uh- I am picking the Chiefs to win this. Uh, I definitely think Patrick Mahomes has it in him. Uh, That being said, I do think it's the Eagles game to lose. If they are able to rush the ball and do it efficiently and keep the best player in the NFL off the field, then they definitely have a chance to win this game because the peripherals of the rest of their team is there to take care of business whenever they're needed to take care of business so far this season. So if the Chiefs find a way to stop the shut down the run and to force Philadelphia into a lot of second and long and uh, situations like that to where Mahomes can get on the field, we've seen him at times this year, death by a thousand paper cuts. The, Andy Reid's smart. He'll do it right back to him. He it, It's really what this is going to come down to, who can keep who off the field. And the, the Eagles are kind of more multi- um, they have a couple more dimensions of the run game to keep that clock moving. But, you know, if the Eagles can't run the ball, they're going to, that's going to be their game to lose. If the Chiefs are able to do Chiefs things and death by a thousand paper cuts to get that clock moving, they'll do that as well. And who do you want to win? You want the Chiefs? Yeah, I want it to be the Chiefs. Uh, the, I don't really have any, um, 
hard spots for the Eagles so much anymore as I used to. The team's kind of turned over. But uh, I'm rooting for greatness. I'm one of those people that everybody liked to hate on Brady over the years. I like to root for him. Uh, I appreciate greatness when I see it in my homes. I don't want to see the guy go one and two in the Super Bowl because knowing that guy, he's going to end up going to like the next four, four Super Bowls and winning all four of them just to prove a point. Jason, Eagles, Chiefs, what stands out? Who do you like? Well, I I definitely have to go for the Eagles for sure. I don't yeah. want the Chiefs to win. Um, I yeah, I think the Chiefs or the Eagles are a, are a better team uh, as a whole for sure defensively. I think even on offense, assuming that they're clicking on all cylinders, are are a smidge better than the Chiefs as well. But but again, no. I mean, you have. Patrick Mahomes and it God what what a what a what a man what a man he is I mean we are going to look back and fully I think appreciate this man as we did Brady just like kind of like what Cody just said I don't know if he'll ever have the amount of rings that that Brady did um I doubt it I I really do Mm -hmm. um but if the Chiefs do lose this game and drop to one and two in the Super Bowls over the last couple of years. That's that where, what direction then do they go? Um, being the fact that, you know, yes, they can take down the, the bangles and the bills. Um, and, but they've lost, they, that would have been a loss to the, well, the Eagles and then the Rams mm-hmm. and then Brady, knocked him out there a few times as well in the championship game. So I I don't know. They're not getting any younger, but again, though, I thought that they were going to take a huge step back when they lost Hill. That did, that made made Mahomes better. (laughs) Yeah. So um, you start, you know, it's just, you you take Kelsey out of the picture. He probably gets better there too. (laughs) Um, so you can never count them out, um, but I do obviously want the Eagles to win. Um, so I think it'll, I think it'll be a good game nonetheless, though. And so you are, are you predicting the Chiefs or predicting the Eagles to win? I'm going to predict the Eagles. Okay, All Eagles, right. Eagles in a close one. All right, Wes, you're up. Uh, I I want Kansas. City to win. Uh, Kansas City will be the team that I'm rooting for. Um, not a fan of the Eagles. Uh, recent history bias uh, <laughs> yeah. for myself. Um, but both teams are loaded. Both teams are good. Uh, both teams have phenomenal offensive lines. Um, my guess is the Eagles jump out to an early lead, uh, much like they've done all season. And then Kansas City gets back in the game, makes it a game. I think that was kind of uh, the script, I guess you could say, (laughs) uh, for the NFC Championship game. Um, I think San Francisco was poised to make a a run and make it a game. And then... um, they had a meltdown at the quarterback spot, and it just wasn't yeah, a possibility. Abandoned script. So, 
yeah, I, I think uh, Philly jumps out early. Kansas City battles back, makes it a closely contested game, and then uh, ultimately pulls away uh, down the stretch. Um, I think the the Philly defensive front there, their front seven is pretty vicious. Um, Kansas City's offensive line, uh, being a good one that they are, they're going to have their work cut out for them to to protect Mahomes. Um, but I, I'm pretty sure Andy Reid will be able to scheme against a lot of the pressure that they like to throw out there um, and do so early for success. Uh, but yeah, you know both those both those teams got to be studying that Buccaneers Super, uh, Super Bowl win over the Chiefs because. If anybody's capable of repeating that same strategy the Buccaneers used against Mahomes, it would be this Eagles team because, like, you could pull up every position on defense, and just about every one of them is not really a weakness. Maybe you, at worst, league average, and saying mm-hmm. they are loaded. Yeah. Oh, about the Chiefs, real quick. I can't believe that we're sitting here talking about them the exact same way that we were talking about them last year. Remember how tough that division was supposed to be? Not a single one of those teams came anywhere remarkably close to even doing anything to the Chiefs. It was actually a further separation, in my opinion. And it's like, holy cow. We all know Mahomes is the great equalizer. I mean, right? We know he's, he's, he's the man. But the coaching on those other teams had to have just been the reason for that right i mean because talent coach talent i don't know i don't know i mean obviously andy reed's a great coach but god that shouldn't have been we shouldn't be having this conversation that should have been closer oh yeah i mean the way that we we pounded the chest of the afc west on this show and then nationwide too um it was it had to be something to do with coaching because the rosters especially the chargers uh, was all there, and then of course the the Broncos with a uh, twenty four <laughs> or twenty eighteen version of Russell Wilson. You know, should have been at least ten and seven, eleven and six, mm-hmm. but none of those things really came to fruition. So uh, I I think the Chiefs will take this. I'm not overly confident in it. I'm I'm kind of reminded of the Super Bowl of twenty twenty when, <clears throat> or excuse me, yeah, twenty twenty when I couldn't decide between the Bucks and the Chiefs, and I was wrong there. I ultimately went with the Chiefs. But I think where I settle, and this is Captain Obvious stuff, is I do think it will be close. I think everybody thinks it'll be close. But when it gets down to it in the nitty gritty, I know Patrick Mahomes can win the game with four minutes left. I think Mm -hmm. Jalen Hurts can do that. So I'm going to pick the one I know can do it. And the coach who I perceive is a better coach than Nick Sirianni is Reed. And uh, none of us have talked about Mahomes' injury. I don't know how much that will affect things. But yeah, on the point of trading Tyreek Hill and getting better, they certainly did. They built out their defense. I think you're going to come to realize that any team that has a top five wide receiver in the league, and then they also happen to have a top five quarterback, you're going to have to pick one or the other because you, you're you going to have to skimp all over the damn place if you pay them both big dollars. And I don't think that general managers are looking to do that. In Mahomes' case, he was good enough to deodorize everything. And then I like what Jason said about, fuck, you might as well get rid of Kelsey, too. Let's see how they could do. Noah Gray will be the next big thing. (laughs) Um, Yeah, the Chiefs' defense, in a very quiet way, got really good. Usually for a Mahomes team, we spend two months talking about, what the hell is wrong with the Chiefs' defense? Are they ever going to show up? 
and they show up in December. But this year, they were there pretty much the whole time, probably because their draft class was so phenomenal and is contributing so much. So because this is more of a defense-oriented Chiefs that I can remember, and because the Eagles, although very, very talented and constructed wonderfully, I'm going to give the Chiefs the benefit of the doubt and pick them by a touchdown. I'm glad you mentioned that with the uh, Bucks over the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. I, I said the Rams earlier. I got that mixed up. Oh, I yeah. was thinking about that game earlier. Uh, I was thinking about the game earlier in the year. Remember that one when it was like 52 to 40 yeah. something? Yeah, that Monday night. That was a great yeah, was. game. Yeah. All right. Let's. Uh, so most of us have the Chiefs. Uh, I think Jason is going with the Eagles, and he also is the only one who wants the Eagles, but that's because. Chiefs are a very natural rival of his team. Um, Derek Carr, who is on one of the the seats of the quarterback carousel, maybe the what second or third most coveted one on this edition. Uh, he went down to chat with the Saints, Cody, and I think the knee jerk reaction would be, "Oh, okay, well, we'll see if that works." But then I think as Wes and maybe you have pointed out on the show, and maybe even Jason, that division sucks. So <laughs> if, if you put Carr on that team with a good Dennis Allen defense, a an ascending Chris Olave, and then maybe whatever they do here in free agency, their they their ten and seven record could probably be enough to get to the postseason. Would Carr on the Saints? What would that do for you, Cody? So this is totally a situation I was thinking last week. Carr with the Saints reunite with Dennis Allen. I like the idea. I like it better than him going to the Jets. I I like the fit there. There's only the only team I would like more than that would probably be the Panthers because I feel like Frank Reich would actually um be good for Carr's long-term value and for him to have value past this season. For what it's worth, if he does go to New Orleans, while it might stabilize things for Alave and Kamara and even Den- Dennis Allen at the quarterback position, I'm still predicting New Orleans the crater this season. So we'll in in my opinion, if he goes there, we're just gonna see if he sticks longer than a year. It could be a one and done deal. Um like I said, if 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 he has any choice, hopefully he picks Carolina instead, because you know Frank Wright just wants to get that position sealed away, done. If he only has to give up a third round pick to do it, even better. So uh I'd I'd love to see him go to Carolina instead. But you know it makes sense for the this. This looks like a position that the Saints are going to want to take care of instead of riding the Jameis Winston, Andy Dalton train again. Especially with Dennis Allen maybe being on the hot seat, he might want the same thing and just try to seal his position away and uh, be done with it. I just don't think the Saints have um, enough enough of the roster plugged up to be able to make a playoff run and. Derek Carr's not the guy that's going to elevate you like that, as we've clearly seen with the Raiders. Did he and uh, Derek Carr and Dennis Allen overlap for a year in Los Angeles or Oakland? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. I, I totally skipped. That makes sense. Uh, yeah, it must yeah, have been Carr's rookie uh, year, huh? Yeah, it was right before he had that um, MVP type year and had the injury in his second year, I think. Okay. Sweet. Uh, Wes. Well, that was with um. Sorry. Yes. Someone else. Cody was going to finish his thought. I cut him off. <laughs> <There you> <laughs> <go>. <laughs> that, that was with Jack Del Rio. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm good. Former Vikings linebacker Jack Del Rio. Uh, Wes, 
does Derek Carr to New Orleans excite you at all, or does that have nine and eight written all over it? Uh, um, the NFC South will be going shopping for the dollar store. Uh, Tom Brady, uh, that being Derek Carr, uh, in hopes of you know getting their Tampa Bay Buccaneers little streak going here. Um, like Cody said, it'll probably be the saints or, uh, Carolina could even be Tampa Bay. Um, they could, you know, try and continue to make a run with, uh, with car, uh, could be Atlanta for all we know. Shit. Yeah. That, that <laughs> they want to run the ball. They, they did a Raiders quarterback last year with Mariota. So maybe, you know, they, <laughs> Do it again this year with Carr. Um, but yeah, I, I don't think wherever he goes, he's going to be the missing piece that puts whatever team he goes on to over the top. Um, I think we've seen over the course of his career, uh, his pitfalls and uh, he can carry a team for a game or two. Uh, but then he'll put up a, a dud or two as well and, and make you question how the guy even has a, a job in the NFL. So um, I do think he probably winds up somewhere in the NFC and the NFC South is ripe for quarterbacks right now. Didn't we diagnose when it was all said and done that during Brady's free agency, Derek Carr was that motherfucker that Brady was talking about? Mm-hmm. <laughs> when it was when they when it was like they want him over me it was car wasn't it yes <laughs> all right <Yeah>. cool. <laughs> all right uh i couldn't remember because I, I think the theory was it was Tannehill because the variable connection but then when it came out a year later i think brady even admitted it on one of his shows <laughs> so. yeah it was on like the barbershop or something like that <laughs> yeah. yeah brady just became well, once brady got into out of new england he became this wide open book for everybody <laughs> yeah he was always so closed that. yeah you couldn't talk to him he didn't say anything Shoot. and then, then he got to tampa and he just became a, like everybody's favorite twitter follow <laughs> talk about wide open book now he's over here posting <laughs> underwear pictures and stuff now that he's not in the league anymore. <laughs> it's like, man, yeah. we're about to see Brady really like live his best life now. <laughs> All right, Jason. Uh, so card of the Saints isn't a done deal by any stretch of imagination, but it's his first stop for a visit, and it makes sense. It's now that uh, Cody's pointed out the Dennis Allen connection. What do you think? Well, you know, I mean, if you believe in Easter eggs and little hidden gems, you know, I, I follow this uh gentleman uh from new orleans now uh jeff duncan you know who that is mm-hmm. well he's a he's a uh reporter i think down in the new orleans yeah. area and uh he confirmed today that the that the saints offensive assistant uh kevin petrie is remaining with the saints even in the midst of sean payton trying to lure him to denver so hey maybe he's staying put because Derek carr is coming there who knows? But I got to tell you, though, I've really enjoyed watching Derek Carr this offseason so far in his offseason mm-hmm. when he was that when he was in Vegas. And he, or what, where was he when, the he, Pro Bowl. when he announced the Pro Bowl? 
I don't know. That's why I'm out of there. <laughs> yeah. okay. That's why I'm going somewhere else. Every chance he gets. Yes. And it's like, <laughs> normally he's pretty reserved and, mm-hmm. you know, emotional and a kind of a, kind of a, uh, God, a, a, a nice way. Mm-hmm. And it seemed like he's kind of on a different tangent now. So I don't know. I mean, he's kind of an enigma too, isn't he? I he, like every year I see him twice a year. And he always, always looks really good in the games I'm watching him play against my Broncos. He, he is uh, the modern day Andy Dalton. Like, bro, if you compare them, like if your quarterback is worse than Derek Carr, you need a new quarterback. If he's better than Derek Carr, you're probably all right right now. And he's even on the same career trajectory Yeah, with them both approaching year 10. I think he's like in year nine, well, right around that time. Andy Dalton's cratering because he's a second round pick for a reason. You know, he don't got a cannon for an arm. He don't have generational talent. They're good quarterbacks. But. Yeah. And, and so I get to see the two games of the year where he looks really, really good. And then I'm fairly new to fantasy. So every time I'm, you know, figuring, trying to figure out my quarterback situation, he's, he's always in the top of the stats. <laughs> always. He's like always a top seven quarterback quarterback and yards uh never really so much in touchdowns but and then you throw in that uh prior to his injury and well, I think it was 2016 mm-hmm. maybe mm-hmm. 17 16. that he, he had some MVP votes and he and he got that kind of on his resume so and then he's been marred in in, in uh Oakland and now Vegas for his whole career so I, I don't know about that guy but the games that I watch him play he always looks a lot better than I wish he would. <laughs> so, I mean, but him going to the Saints, uh, yeah, I mean, it could very well be, a, you know, uh, enough to get them the division. Yeah. In 20- a, fresh start is some, a fresh start is something I desperately think he needs. I don't know if it's going to benefit him any better or make it any worse, but I think he could certainly use it. In 2016, uh, he was 25 years old. Before he broke his leg, I believe uh, he had 28 touchdowns to six picks, which was still kind of a big fancy stat line back then. 4,000 yards, and they were 12 and three at the time he got hurt, and it was perfect for where you wanted a 25 year old quarterback to to be. And then I don't yes. think I don't think it has anything to do with the injury after the fact. Then that was it for the Raiders being good, and we're talking yep. seven years ago now, and they've they've been. Not really good since they they popped up and made that playoff appearance last year with the game that they could have tied and all that, blah, blah, blah. But yeah, they they have notoriously not surrounded Carr with a very good defense. And on my other Vikings show, I always say that Derek Staff or Derek Carr, Matthew Stafford, and Kirk Cousins are the same human being. Like you can go put them on the Rams from last year, they're gonna win a Super Bowl. You can put Derek Carr on the Vikings last year, they're probably gonna go 13 and four. And so I think that is where Carr is at right now, that a team thinks that, all right, well, we want to stay relevant. Maybe the Saints, that's their goal. They want to get back to the postseason. And that division, unless they have some power moves in their under their or up their sleeve and free agency here, it's going to be Ritter on the Falcons, probably Will Levis or somebody on the Panthers, and then Trask or somebody on the Buccaneers. So somebody's got to win it. And I think Carr mm. and the saints probably would be able to finish with that Andy Dalton, like feel nine and eight, 10 and seven gets the postseason, And that might be good enough for them. Now, whether or not he's worth 40 million a year, that's a different story, <clears throat> but 
I think it adds up, especially the Cody pointed out the one year crossover with Dennis Allen. Um, but it's, it's always weird for me to speak on this topic as a Vikings guy, like nine and eight, 10 and seven is like, Oh, yay. Yeah, this is what <laughs> yeah we don't want to deal we don't want to do that anymore let's either be horrible and rebuild <clears throat> or let's go win the goddamn super bowl uh so that's where i'm at with Carr. you almost make it what who is his uh head coach in that uh mvp type year was I think it, it was, it was del rio and his offensive mm-hmm. coordinator if i'm not mistaken was bill musgrave i think so yeah that sounds right wasn't that uh, that was the Del Rio team or one of those seasons where he kind of revolutionized going for two to win the game, wasn't it? Yeah, I'm I think, think so. against the Chiefs and they had four tries on it kept getting penalized. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember I, I remember the first time I heard that somebody did that. I was pretty sure it was Del Rio because I remember the Vikings connection. And I remember thinking in that moment, like to my perception, the first of its kind thinking, holy shit, he's going to go try to win the game on a two point conversion. And then it worked. (laughs) Yes, that's right. Yeah, that was awesome. (laughs) And then you're just like, man, that that, that coach has got it. And what's wild type of coach I want on the Saints. It's crazy. Michael Thomas is a fifty nine million dollar cap. That dude is out of there. He's gone. (laughs) Three touchdowns in three years. Good riddance, slam boy. Michael, I do not like. Obviously, Vikings connections still. I'll never, never like that dude. Now, there's been talks in Denver about him potentially signing on with the Broncos somehow as a like a like a like a prove it deal, right? I mean, like a million or two bucks, two hundred million, two million a year, something small, because obviously he's not going to get a. But is that even possible? I mean, can the Saints even like what if they cut him? then that doesn't result well for them, does it? I mean, so there's really no way out of that. I think they're going to cut him, I believe, but I don't know the the details about it. I just know people talking about um, maybe in free agency, him signing somewhere like Buffalo or something like that. I'm excited for us to talk about the potential movement this offseason. On one so of there is a possibility episodes. that he just becomes a free agent. I think Dustin's looking it up right now. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I've had to be yeah, on, I mean, I've had to be on this over the cap site ad nauseum for the Viking stuff, and I'm trying to figure out. Uh, so his cap number is that 59 million. Like, is that the rest of his contract? Man, put me on the spot like this. I'd have to. It was something I saw on Twitter earlier. <laughs> yeah, not, nothing about the salary cap of the NFL makes any yeah. sense to me right. whatsoever. Yeah, no, his cap I can't number, figure it out. His cap number is thirteen point three million for twenty twenty three, and then if they okay, in in twenty twenty four, it's projected to be fifty nine point four million, according to yeah the cap. Hit. So yeah, he's definitely getting cut this year. And then what does that what will that do then, Wes? If he's thirteen minute uh thirteen mil against the cap this year, you cut him, then what does that mean for the Saints exactly? That frees up thirteen six. No, that's a twenty six million dollar dead cap hit. Oh my gosh. I don't know what that means exactly. Does that so that's twenty six million that, away from the cap next year yeah. that they can use? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well that you can't well, get back. And, and, yeah, exactly. Yeah, dead cap means you're basically throwing in the towel and you can't recover it. It's just uh it's <laughs> dead weight. It, it, it's just yeah. a void in the in like your salary cap, right? So yeah. it, you, where, where normally you'd be able to sign extra players for that. It's just 
Yeah. So let's just say that the cap is 200 million. I know that's not the case, uh-huh. but let's just assume it is. And then so 20 million would then subtract from the 200, mm-hmm. which a team normally gets for each year. And and it's yeah. just there. And their best. So you need to you need to make all your moves for uh 174 million and, and their and their best hope is that okay. he was going to do good enough maybe to where they could trade him or <laughs> rework a deal and the fact that he's only scored three touchdowns in three years and he's kind of you know not been driving real well with every with the team they have no hope of someone trading for him i mean it could have been someone like the bears but they're not going to trade for him so then they're just sitting there holding the bag and like we can't eat this cap pit and get out of it next year like they're gonna have to cut him. There's no way he is the same. Zero yeah. percent. And so they save thirteen million, right? Like then, is that what that means? They won't have to pay him that, will they? No, that uh, would. There's always so there's the cap yeah. number, and then there's the number that <clears throat> you would have as a dead cap hit, and then the the result, the rest of it is the cap savings. If you have a bunch of dead cap, it makes you look like a horrible money manager because it's money allocated mm-hmm. to nothing. So you try to avoid having these huge scourges. So like that's the reason they won't cut Russell Wilson is because you have this fat ass dead cap number that mm-hmm. you know that incomprehensible that would surely get George Payton fired if he if he cut him tomorrow. Um so yeah. So yeah, the dead cap money the, the dead cap money doesn't go to the player and it doesn't it's not available for the team to use either. Yeah, well, Correct. the dead the dead cap money is usually already paid to the player in guarantees. Oh, yep, mm-hmm. and you can't wiggle out from underneath it in the future. It's just there, and um, it, it it's what keeps the NFL with so much parity because in basketball, owners can pay a luxury tax and be like, "Yeah, that's cool." Baseball, there's no such thing as a salary cap at all, so you can spend mm-hmm. until your heart's <clears throat> content. And football, it's a hard cap, so all of these all of these items are the same thing that beset every franchise. Where you're like, all right, well, we can cut this guy, but then we got to eat seven million in dead cap, but we'll save eight million to spend on another dude. Uh, that's what keeps this offseason always so fluid and exciting. Yeah, he he will definitely be gone um, by the following season, if if not this this year or the this coming offseason. The following offseason, he will definitely be gone. He's slated to make eighteen point five million in base salary with a. million roster bonus. So that, that would be a cap hit of 59 million. That's where it's coming from. Okay. Um, Way to go Wes. The dead cap hit (laughs) next year is uh, 14 million. So it, it's a lower cap hit, but uh, because most of the guarantees are scheduled to be paid. um, And he looked pretty or in 2024 he looked pretty decent too this year but they just shut him down it was like week three and he's he's done the guy's made out of glass i yeah that's oh man i still don't understand why anybody would would yeah when he signed that contract i was like that's a horrible move by the team the team of which my guy was coaching on at that (laughs) point in time so I should point out too oh, that every every year at this time the Saints are in this exact spot where you look up and think, "Holy mm-hmm. shit, how the, how are they going to do this?" And then the season starts, and everybody's mad at them. Yeah, and they've they've, <laughs> they've somehow figured it out. Now, I guess the devil's advocate is they haven't done shit in the last two years, but yeah. uh, for the last at least three or four off seasons, they're always the bottom of the the, the calorie cap table, and then it doesn't matter. 
They figured it out. So, all right. I want to ask Cody real quick uh, because I saw on profootballtalk.com that Ron Rivera has said that Sam Howell is their guy for 2023. I don't think that's hogwash or fool's gold and that they want a veteran to be there as a veteran presence. But we, I don't know if you've ever given us a bona fide Sam Howell speech. Is that because you're not high on him, or do you think that he could be a decent starter in the league? Uh, it's because I'm not high on him. Uh, whenever he came out in the quarterback class last year, I don't even think I, I really talked about him much on this show. Uh, he he He's a fifth-round pick. He's projected number one overall before his final season at North Carolina. He's comp to pay Baker Mayfield. Uh, I think of it whenever I played uh, football in high school. Uh, it seemed like every quarterback was really just a fullback playing quarterback. And that's kind of how I feel about Sam Howe. I mean, his, his he doesn't have a great arm. He doesn't have uh, a great accuracy or hasn't displayed fantastic decision-making skills um, outside of his freshman year at North Carolina, which is a huge plus for him. Um uh, with Ron Rivera saying that they're not going to pursue any veteran starters. He just wants a mentor in the room for Howell. I definitely expect with Ron Rivera with how stubborn he is. This guy probably is going to get the week one start and maybe even after that. But um, you can't rule out a high draft addition. Ron Rivera is another coach who might be on the hot seat. And if he just rolls in there with the fifth round, second year pro and Sam Howell, that might be spelling disaster. Uh, especially with the new offensive coordinator coming in. They only got 19 pass attempts from Sam Howell. Now, on the flip side of things, it it doesn't mean he's not good. Uh, He does have some mobile upside to be sustainable in like fantasy football. He did have 800 rushing yards and 11 TDs his senior year. But like I said, his his arms just not really there. It's kind of like, for me, it's like a grown-up high school football player, like a Baker Mayfield. And... uh, I think he's definitely going to get some game action next year. Like I said, usable for fantasy for sure is kind of like your third quarterback. Real-life quarterback is still not in that room, without a doubt. Wes, I, gotta I, want, to com- yeah. <laughs> I want to comment on this real quick. Uh, Sam Howell, when Rivera announced it, uh, John Elway retweeted it. His first and only retweet since like the summer <laughs> he has the alert son <laughs> it was it, well it was cha- a friend of mine shared it he's like gotta love uh, the random john Elway yeah, tweets. <laughs> yeah what a what a strange one to pick out man. of the blue yeah rod I'll... rivera named sam all starter rivera elway retweets yeah there, but there's no real big ties to rivera and elway is there <laughs> i don't think so <laughs> That must mean that Elway circled Howell on his draft board and he wants everybody to know it or something. <laughs> kind of like when he told the Well, he retweeted it. <laughs> yeah. Kind of like when he told the Minneapolis reporter that Kevin O'Connell was a guy he really liked during the, the coaching carousel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. He, was, he found himself in Minneapolis. <laughs> it just it, it found an or, a news organization and shared it with him. <laughs> Classic Elway. Uh, Wes, I saw this too. Roger Goodell said that something that he expects to be fully explored, I guess he's saying the owners will do it, not him, is flexible scheduling for Thursday night football. I will admit in the last eight hours, I have not dug into this, but how on earth do you think that would work? Like if they want to put the 
let's say the Broncos are good because they love putting the Broncos on prime time and the Broncos and Ravens, they want to, they decide they want to flex it. I'm sure they have to give some advance notice, but mm. how will they pivot and be nimble mm. enough not to screw dudes out of four days rest? How can they do the round Robin of Thursday night football with a flexible option? Well, right now the uh, flexing from Sunday afternoon to Sunday night football, uh, I believe, requires um, a- almost two weeks' notice mm-hmm. uh, uh, to the team. So, something to that effect, I would almost have to assume it would take uh, somewhere around the three to four week range to uh, a lot for some of that fluctuation. Uh, with all that said, though, I the players hate Thursday night football. Um, I've talked about it here before on the show. Uh, I think what could transpire, what could take place, um, it was something that was brought up uh, by somebody on Twitter, but uh, you essentially schedule the bye weeks around the Thursday night football game. So a team coming off of a bye, they would play that Thursday night football uh, instead of, you know, whatever the regular Sunday schedule is and doing so. They, they get a secondary mini buy on top of it. So they play that Thursday night football. Then they have an extra additional three days rest after that. And I think that would create, an environment where the players feel that they're not being rushed back onto the field and being exposed to uh, unnecessary injury. That's a genius idea. I can't believe that that's not already implemented. So that would mean mm-hmm. that the four teams or whatever, four or six teams that were on by would presumably be on tap to play each other before or after. And then the NFL would pick the best game of those two or three. Is that right or no? That, I mean, looking into it further, that could be an option. Yeah. I, I'm just talking about in, in general, like okay. Thursday night football games, not even bringing the buy into the equation at this point, but just a way to make Thursday night football games a little safer for the players uh, would be to only have it during uh, the time where the buys are active. So that would be what week five mm-hmm. uh, Thursday night football would start uh, outside of maybe week one. Uh, I think the uh, Super Bowl winner playing that first Thursday night, a, a good game and it's coming off of the off season. So there's no risk factor in terms of not enough adequate rest. Uh, but it, that's, that's just my, my stand on the the Thursday night game because I've definitely seen a lot of players reach out and, and express frustration with the quick turnaround from playing on a, a Sunday uh, to then get your body ready to go back to war um, within that four or five day range. Yeah, well, you probably wouldn't be able to do that, though, with that kind of rationale within the first, you know, quarter of the season just because when's the team when do the first teams have their buys yeah that's a good point. yeah i mean it, it might require foregoing thursday night football for weeks two three and four yeah no I, that, uh, 
that would be well worth it. And how many teams do get buys each each week once they start? The fewest is four, uh, I believe. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, Dustin. But no, that's that's usually what it is. And then I think sometimes it doesn't it spike up to five or six, or is that not is that too high? Yes. Okay. And what what they could do in well, I don't even know if that would work. Uh, I was going to say they could do a double header on Thursday, but that would be pushing people into like midnight, one o'clock in some areas <laughs> of the country. So I, I don't know if they necessarily want that. Yeah. The other thing. <clears throat> um, so Goodell's talking about enhancing Thursday night football, Thursday night uh, flex scheduling. And then we're talking about how players hate it. I don't unfortunately think it matters if the players hate it because Amazon just signed that ginormous deal. So it's probably here to stay. I don't mm-hmm. see the NFL giving money back saying, oh, yeah, players don't like this because uh, they can just hang it over the player's head and say, oh, OK, right. your contract won't be that big. Then is that cool with you? And then everybody would send huh. a shape real, real fast. So, all right. The last the last yeah. topic I want to get everybody's consensus. Uh, it dawned on me today. This is about fantasy football. Cody, I'm going to start with you. So I know all of us. Most of us do dynasty leagues and all that. That's fine. But I'm talking about in terms of PPR fantasy football, where your draft will be on September 7th or blah, blah, blah. Who will be the number one and number two pick for most leagues in seven months? Oh, uh, Justin Jefferson should for sure, without a doubt, no bias as a self-proclaimed fantasy football guru, Justin Jefferson is the number one pick. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. You could say Austin Eckler, you're paying too much. You could say CMC. I I still think Trey Lance is going to go in there, and as great as CMC is still going to be, I think Trey Lance is going to help CMC perform a little worse. And I mean, there's only so many touchdowns to go around in San Fran. So I don't think CMC is going to pay back on being the second or third overall pick. I don't think Eckler is going to do it, pay back on being the second or third overall pick three years in a row at age 29 or however old he is. Um, Then you got people who are going to say Jamar Chase, Stephon Diggs, Tyreek Hill. Nope, nope, nope. It's Justin Jefferson. The only player who maybe kind of comes close for me and I know a lot of my peers would give me flack, is Cooper Cup. Uh, he, is, he is 29, coming off ACL. But this guy was averaging 28.3 PPR points per game compared to Justin Jefferson's mind-melting 27 per game. So this, this guy was doing even better than Justin Jefferson this year. And we all know how Justin Jefferson did this year. It was a fantastic year, one for the ages. And Cooper Cup was on pace to not only be competing with him, but to finish better. So, I mean, and you're seeing Cooper Cup falling to the end of the first. That's a crime. Not You can't have Devontae Adams ahead of him. No Tyreek Hill, no Stephon Diggs. It's, it's for me personally, probably Justin Jefferson. And then, you know, PPR, I'm, I'm taking Cooper Cup, without a doubt. So, Wes, the running backs, the usual suspects will be McCaffrey, Eckler, Saquon, uh, Jonathan Taylor, Derrick Henry, and then however a high Bijan goes. Are you of the opinion that Jefferson is a shoe-in for the number one? Uh, not necessarily a shoe-in. He, he should be 
strongly considered uh, number one in every draft. Uh, but with it being draft, people have different preferences and go different different ways. But if it were me picking in that scenario, it would be Justin yeah. Jefferson. And he should have gone last year, number one. <laughs> if you think about it, what were we thinking? Picking Jonathan Taylor, like in fantasy football retro or hindsight is 2020 i mean it's like jonathan taylor what were we why (laughs) i mean even though he's gonna be 23 and he's gonna be great again but like justin jefferson blew him out of the water people doubting christian mccaffrey like what were we doing last year (laughs) yeah yeah, taylor was was nowhere obviously (laughs) but uh man Hey, will he be up there again? Do you think this next year, Jonathan Taylor? Oh yeah, he's a running back. Twenty-three, yeah, twenty-three, and his competition in the backfield is gone, and you're gonna want to establish the run. And then you got Tennessee, Houston, and Jacksonville in the division. None of them are crazy against the run. Maybe Tennessee. So I mean, Jonathan Taylor should rebound. For sure, and be at the top of drafts. But I mean, watch out for like Joe Mixon, Derrick Henry, even Josh Jacobs. Just had a career year. He's not going to have this career ETN. year every year. So mm-hmm. uh, that's my guy. Don't <laughs> get me started. I'm still trying to trade for he's him. An in an explo- he's an explosive back. Quit responding so. to me. Wow. Yeah, he is. He his his athletic numbers in comparison to his peers like blow them out of the water. That's insane. But Bijan Robinson. Whatever team he goes to, I'm going to like them a little more. This guy is everything. You, you go into Madden and make a running back, it's Bijan Robinson. <laughs> Just like quarterback, probably Cam Newton, tight ends, Rob Gronkowski. Well, running back is no longer Adrian Peterson. It's Bijan. <laughs> where uh, where does he, Wes, where does he need to go for you to be like, holy shit, I'm going to draft that guy as high as possible? Which team? I mean, because he could pretty much go anywhere. He could go 10th pick or 31st or something, just based on how the running back is. For Bijan? Yeah. Where does he go that you that would make you your jaw drop for fantasy purposes? Uh, probably Atlanta. Okay. Only because Arthur Miller <laughs> is a sadist, and they <laughs> drafted Kyle Pitts in the first round, and they followed that up with Drake London and decided, fuck that shit. We're going to run the ball a hundred million times a game. So if they're going to run the ball and not take, you know, advantage of the weapons that they spent first round draft capital on, I want the best running back in the draft to go to their team and be rammed down people's throws. Yep. Bijan could go to the Pittsburgh Steelers and I would still be drafting this guy pretty high. I mean, He'd have to like do something crazy, like lose a ligament and be drafted in the fifth round for me not to touch him. Like, uh, at least for dynasty purposes, he's already the dynasty number one running back in the whole league, and he hasn't even been drafted yet. He's already above Jonathan Taylor and Christian McCaffrey and everybody else, Brees Hall, all of them. He's on above them all. What's the earliest he'll go in the draft, Cody? What spot? Man. I, no, I think I'm talking that about the his, NFL draft, excuse me. Yeah, 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 for sure. Uh I think that his his if you were to look at a graph, I don't think he's anywhere at the top yet. Once he hits the combine and puts up some numbers, we're gonna people are saying the end of the first, 
I do not think so. I think Bijan probably goes in the first 12 picks. And I mean, maybe 15 picks, but I think that he's he's going to be absolutely undeniable without a doubt, especially once those numbers come in and you see someone 220, 230 and putting up the numbers he puts up. It's going to be insane. Um, but let's make it clear. You don't draft running backs to win championships. I'm not advocating this. I just think someone's going to be like, man, like running backs, what we actually need here. It could be Frank Reich in Carolina. I mean, Bijan's going to make a lot of people's lives easier without a doubt. Okay. All right, gentlemen. Well, that's the show. Uh, I'm sure we'll have a batch of news for next week and then a, a Super Bowl to examine the fallout. Anything else for the group? Nope. Appreciate the fan of see football. It's like yeah, yeah. more of those oh, yeah. over the summer for sure. Alright, we'll talk to you gentlemen next Wednesday. Good night, guys. Later. Later. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.